You've fallen down the rock and roll rabbit hole. All right, we're back. Welcome back to Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole, or the Hole of Rabbits. The if Hole you of will. Rabbits. I think that we're yeah we're experimenting with that. Uh, with that new, uh, <laughs> we name probably won't there. change our name officially, but I'm Kevin Gibson <laughs> and I'm Butch Bay, and we're happy to be your hosts here again. And we're going to talk about a song that we all know and some of us love. Well, we're talking about a true behemoth tonight. Yeah. When the when the HMS Stairway to Heaven pulls in the harbor. Other boats shiver on their moorings, yeah. don't they? This is a big dog it's here. It's the godfather of rock and roll. Yes, Stairway to Heaven, the mighty, mighty Led Zeppelin hit from 1971. And uh, it's got a lot of interesting twists and turns. Never released as a single, right? which I found to be odd and crazy, but you never know what Zeppelin's going to do. They always yeah, made exactly. odd decisions. So this will be the ultimate uh, episode of season two yes so it's uh, exciting the that final. we yeah and then we'll take a break because we have some shows to play as a band and we'll be back in a couple of months right on with another song maybe deeper down the rabbit hole than this one so yep we never know we've got some other stuff planned there's one that i've been wanting to do for a while yeah. it's a, le- a lesser known song but it's got a great a great backstory so I'll we'll get to that next season season three right but for on. now the opening ceremonies Ah, yes. You want to talk about this beer? Today's, this week's beer is Centennial IPA from Founders Brewing Company in Michigan. One of our favorite breweries. A lot of color with this beer. A lovely, a lovely place, lovely people. I actually got to have dinner with one of the founders. Founders? The founders of Founders? He was a really interesting guy. Yeah, look at that. Oh, that's lovely. That's very pretty, isn't it? Lovely. Look at the bubbles. To uh, Jolly Old England, Led Zeppelin, and the Rabbit Hole. Happy the old season two to be, uh, we've finally got it accomplished, man. That's good. All right, let's go Tale of the Tape. Stairway to Heaven is a 1971 song by English rock band Led Zeppelin. It was composed by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant for their untitled fourth studio album. It was untitled, but it's often referred to as Led Zeppelin 4, or Zeppelin 4, or Zep 4. (laughs) The song is widely regarded as one of the greatest rock songs of all time. I concur. If not the greatest. If not the greatest. Stairway to Heaven was voted number three in 2000 by VH1 on its list of the 100 greatest rock songs. A travesty. Uh, 2004 Rolling Stone magazine ranked Stairway to Heaven number 31 on its list of the 500 greatest rock songs of all time. 31. Also a travesty. I, I should have I mean, it's got to be at least top five. I'm not going to argue that, you know. It's got to be number one on every list, but still. Exactly. At least top ten. Yeah, you can argue with me about a few things. I'm a huge fan of it, but you know what it means to rock and roll. (laughs) Exactly. Like, it's... It, it's emblematic of rock and roll. It was the most requested song on FM radio stations in the United States in the 70s, despite never having been released as a single. In November 2007, though, download sales promoting Led Zeppelin's Mothership release, Stairway to Heaven, reached number 37 on the UK singles chart. So it, crazy. It finally did chart in some fashion. Uh, although Stairway to Heaven, an eight-minute epic was strictly an album cut. Nevertheless, its 20th anniversary, by its 20th anniversary in 1991, the song had been spun more than 2 million, no, was was that 2 billion? 874 million times. So like, just 
Math I is mean, hard, folks. Yeah, math is hard, but that, that's a lot. I mean, that's just incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, never having been a single, you know, maybe it made people have to request it more because they couldn't own it, right? <laughs> and do that thing where we play a song over and over. So that's the tale of the tape for Stairway to Heaven. All right. So this song, when we're going to specifically talk about the lyrics, you know. Sure. Because obviously the the, the structure of the song is, is really, really it, it does it all. Starts with just you know for the first four minutes and twenty seconds, it's, it's there's no drums, right? Which just makes it so much more impactful when when Bonham comes in and just and it's like whoa yeah. what? Well, Bonham very important to that band, but he yeah. but he got to take a take a rest and towel off and maybe yeah. have a ham sandwich. Yeah, I probably started. did. Yeah, some <laughs> finger foods. <laughs> yeah, but, like. Yeah, and just I listened to it today um, in its entirety, and then sat and really listened closely and read along with the lyrics, and you know I'm like, yeah, it really is just a magnificent piece of of pop art. I mean, you know what I mean? It's right. Like, it's a rock song, but it's also pop art. It's just so easy on the ears in a way. Uh, you know, for a hard rock song, which it turns out in the end to be a hard rock song, starts yeah. out as a folk ballad, I would say. Yeah. I mean, by the end, Robert Plant is screaming in that high falsetto of his, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is just like, whoa. An unmistakable. Yeah, but it's the warrior's cry of rock yeah. and roll, isn't it? But uh, I, I felt like I knew about 94% of the lyrics. And and right when the, when the screaming starts is when I kind of lost it mm-hmm. and had to read these lyrics, oh, yeah. you know, this week in prepare, preparation for the show. Um, that's when I first got the last few lines of this song which yeah. are actually really good yeah. but I never understood what they were they just were more of an effect of it almost like his voice became a guitar solo of sorts at yeah. the end of that that's a, that's astute yeah, yeah. Um, what I think about this song is that it it really encapsulates where we were as a culture at the time where rock and roll was you know it was like there were a lot there was a lot of drug use Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of that mysticism thing was really kind of in vogue. True. You know, after the 60s, the psychedelic 60s, and it was a very cynical time. We were just, we were, we were past the, the JFK assassination. We were heading into the Nixon era. Right. You know, with, with Watergate, and it was just a very cynical time after all the, the Vietnam protests. That was still going on. That war was still going on. It was and sort of the death of the hippie movement right in this time. It was, yeah. Sure. And so this... This became one of those things that spawned other songs, put them on the radio like Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Freebird. Freebird, and, you know, sure. You could even say that, that Molly Hatchet song that came along a few years later. Uh, God, I'll think of it in a minute. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, Hotel California came out of this. Hotel California. But War Pigs. I mean, yeah. so many... <laughs> I mean, it, they were they were exploring like the kind of like that there was no longer the limitations of a single right. uh, forty five. You know, like the the early rock and roll; those songs were two minutes, two minutes, two, two minutes, minutes, a little bit plus. You know, no, you know, never anything more really than three minutes. So you got "She Loves You," yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it ends yeah. up. Then you're into the, like the Jimi Hendrix era, right. album oriented rock, where things started to sprawl out. Well, and like, Hey Jude was one of those forebears, too. You know, that was a long song. And it was a single. Absolutely. And so that's that started, those that era started opening the airwaves up to this kind of thing. Yeah. And and stations, sure. Full advantage of it in trying to tell the story. Um, Now, our question is, what's the story about? Is it about anything? (laughs) 
Is it just a bunch of gobbledygook like a John Lennon song? We're gonna step into so much rock and roll blasphemy tonight. I got a yeah, feeling, but in know, a good in a good way though. Good natured, a so, love of rock and roll. I'm gonna start out by saying okay. I've got some good stuff too. So. From knowing you, and you're a rock and roll lover from way back, and and you um, appreciate this art form more than maybe anybody I know, besides maybe myself. I, I would like to say I'm a content in contention, but an eight minute song. If you were Superman, that would be your kryptonite, correct? Yes, definitely. You're not a big fan of the long the no. long format, right? I'm a, I'm a more of a purist. Three minutes and out. You know, give me. Give me three verses, a couple choruses, and a guitar solo, and I'm happy. I'm good. So how did you feel today and during the eight minutes of this rock and roll epic? Well, but it is a sort of a story song. And you know how much yeah. I love story songs. Correct. There you, you know? go. <laughs> so I do appreciate those sorts of works. It just has to be contained to one really good idea. Okay. You know, and I think that, that Plant nailed it with what he was trying to do with this song. Okay, you know, good. And now, I don't even think he knows what he was trying to do specifically, but that's part of the beauty of it. That's where it gets darn interesting, yes. isn't it? <laughs> so let's let's look back. Um, in 88, he told Q Magazine, he said, if you absolutely hated Stairway to Heaven, no one can blame me for that because it was so pompous. And that's, oh. a, that's an apt word because it really was bloated and pompous in a way. You know? Sure. You know, but the fact that it worked, the fact that it's still one of the most beloved rock songs ever proves that it worked. They were on to something. Like it or hate yeah. it, and I understand either way. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I'm just like, I just accept it. You know? Do you think there's a large community of haters for this song or not? I don't I don't really I don't hear a whole lot I don't get the feeling there's as much backlash as like there is for the Eagles. You know? Yeah, exactly. There, there's not that kind of you know thing. I mean, at least but in I this think, country, you know. I think Plant's a little bit more of a beloved person than a lot of those effing eagles. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so thank you, thank you, Brain, for editing that. Plant was 23 when he wrote these lyrics, yeah. which kind of very impressive. Uh, Jimmy Page have had kind of stitched together this this yeah. whole musical journey that this song goes on, and he said. He was a studio musician. He's often like thought to have maybe played on things like "You Really Got Me" by the Kinks, but the Kinks argue with that, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like he was on a bunch of things in kind of early rock and roll when it started getting more electrified, more distorted. And he said the cardinal rule in the studio was not to speed up. But when he conceived this piece of music, he thought, "Well, I'm going to break the cardinal rule yeah. and speed up and have this." song gain momentum and actually gain in pace as it went on yeah. and it's super effective it's insanely effective in that way i mean i think it just really takes you somewhere and it just builds the excitement and it takes you by surprise too i it's, agree you know, it works it builds and it's it's like you're on the ride but then like the next thing you know you're like when, when plant comes back in like you said with in his in his his octaves that you know it's like <laughs> it's like higher octaves like Oh crap! What's going on here? Yeah, you know? it, it sounds just got serious. serious. It just it, got serious. It sounds like life and death, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he really means it. And we'll I get into agree. that later. Is that you know? I remember one does thing he mean? where <laughs> yeah, right, I remember one thing where it was like said he he stopped playing it because you know going on tour and playing that singing that song every night like you actually mean it. It's got to be exhausting. 
Yeah, he, he you know what I mean. It wore on him after a while. Yeah, he just he doesn't like it as much now. He wanted to leave it in its era, which it's kind of hard for me to imagine birthing something like this and then tiring of it and then maybe wishing it wasn't there. I well, I mean, man, so I'd always go back to the knack and my Sharona. Yeah, there you go. Well, maybe it's that sort of thing. But you know, my Sharona was good, but it was no uh, Canadian beauty, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside joke folks i'm sorry so when the, the the music media a lot of the music media panned the song when it started getting popular oh really yeah Lester they never bangs, did give uh yeah zeppelin too much Lester credit bangs no. described it as quote unquote a thicket of misbegotten mush <laughs> and the british music magazine sounds said it induced quote first boredom and then catatonia whoa <laughs> yeah <laughs> Man, as they go into the dustbin of history, as Stairway continues to soar, I don't yeah. know. Lister Bangs are still around. They actually well, reviewed one of our albums. <laughs> oh, oh he was did. the guy? Oh, my God. Lister Bangs did, yeah. Is, is that a, a publication? Oh, my About God. Ten years ago, yeah. Believe it or not, Lister Bangs. <laughs> it was a bit of rubbish? Is that what they said? <laughs> no, he actually liked it. <laughs> oh, good. I mean, it wasn't him. It was some other oh, yeah. his website. Of course. But, but they know they actually liked it. But that thicket of misbegotten mush, mush it's, yeah. it's, it's sort of like using the language from this song yeah. against this song. What's this mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So but, when, uh, he that, was, when Plant yeah. was asked, he said, well, why it was so popular, he said it could be its quote-unquote abstraction. Right. He said, depending on what day it is, I still interpret the song a different way, and I wrote the lyrics. Isn't that great? I love so, it. So, yeah, and that's, that's where you're like in a... So you're then you're in a place of okay, well this is just a bunch of misbegotten mush, or right. he wrote a song that's so good yeah. that it can be interpreted in so many ways, and that's what a good metaphor will do. And it's yeah. hard to write that. They let you as a professional take, writer. Yeah. I know that's hard to do. I don't know that I've ever done it. It's sort of a specific vagary, isn't it? This song, like yeah. it's it's everything sounds like it's very meaningful. But you don't know what it means. Uh, the The whole piece of music was was made as a piece of music already. Uh, Page yeah. put together this whole piece of music, and Plant. Page says he he says I'll never forget it. Plant was leaning against the wall, writing furiously in his notebook, and he goes. And then once he joined in, he had ninety percent, yeah. eighty to ninety percent of the lyrics completed right there, yeah. which I thought. Wow, he wrote yep. like maybe the greatest rock song of all times, Leaning Against the Wall. Yep. Like in one little session. He said when he wrote, wrote the first verse, there's a lady that sh that sure all that glitters is gold, all that stuff. He, uh, well, maybe we should look at it here. I want to. Yeah. And she's buying a stairway to heaven. When she gets there, she knows if the stores are all closed with a word, she can get what she came for. But anyway, he said he wrote ooh, that. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Don't skip the ooh, ooh. forget that. But he said once he wrote that in his notebook, he said it felt like sort of, uh, what yeah. do they call that? Almost like auto pen, like he just wrote yeah. it. Yeah, he felt like there was something else guiding his pen. Which is also spooky. <laughs> which, which also led to people saying it was Satan. Yeah. Which I don't want to get too far into that because that's right. just dumb. But, right. Because, you know, the, yeah, because the it's true. Masking. It's true and dumb, yeah. yeah. But anyway, he said when he read it back, he was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like it freaked he, him out. And he said he was just like so excited. Uh, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. I mean, crazy. But like the fact that he felt like he didn't 
almost like didn't on his own right it became like sort of a so he's a bodily function he, I found it was amazing a, a, yeah. Claude, he said he was in a very bad mood that day and he said yeah all of a sudden my hand was writing out the words he said i just sat there and looked at the words and i almost leapt out of my seat isn't that so, nuts yeah that that's great lore yeah this song probably has more like legend and lore than any song that's yeah. ever been you well, know and what's interesting to me is that not only does it musically shift so many times, but lyrically it goes with it. He he managed to write. So it starts out third person, the lady, the lady, you right. know, this, this, this <laughs> character. Sure. She doesn't have a name. She kind of represents everyone, I believe. She's a, well, yeah. she represents rich people who are huh. used to getting what they want. It does and seem to be material. And she yeah. finds her. She's up. I'm building a, I'm buying a stairway to heaven. Get there. You know, the stores are all closed. Well, with a word, I can get what I came for. It doesn't yeah. matter if the stores are closed. They can't be close to her because she's special. It sort of implies she didn't earn the stairway. She bought it. Exactly. Right? Okay. She, all right. Okay. And Good. that's exactly right. And so she Good. gets there and realizes in the afterlife, the spiritual world, that all the money and all the wealth that she accumulated here mean nothing. And she realizes her life was worth nothing because she didn't. Oh. She didn't have that sort of happiness that right. that comes with with. Because uh, you, you know, can't buy happiness, as Vic Ketchman would say. Memories make us rich. <laughs> you know. I'm sorry to bring sports into this, but no, no. I think sports metaphors are always welcome here. So, so and Plant himself said it was the it was about a woman getting everything she wanted without giving anything back. Yeah, I did hear there that. Yeah. He tends to lay off of explaining it, yeah. sort of like Bob Dylan doesn't explain his songs, yeah. which I think is savvy, right? It's savvy. They don't release this song to licensing very much. They didn't release it as a single. They protected their little creation in a way, and they also haven't ruined it by saying, oh, it was just about going to the supermarket and buying grapes. You know, They didn't yeah. do something to ruin it. Um, so what do we got? Then so one goes, goes in, into yeah. a plurality. So it's ah. in a tree by the brook. There's a songbird who sings. Sometimes all of our thoughts are misgiven. It makes me wonder. Yeah. And so then, okay, it's, he shifts wonderfully from third person. And then the next verse is there's a feeling I get when I look to the West. So suddenly it's narration. Shh, I'm getting cold chills. It's getting narration. So it's like it's a <laughs> goosebumps. This is yeah. part of the musical shift too. Yeah, and my spirit is crying for leaving, and my thoughts I have seen rings of smoke through the trees, and the voices of those who stand looking. So there's a lot of the uh, Lord of the Rings in this. He was a fan of J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. Yeah, and so you know, Gandalf was known for blowing smoke rings. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, that was that was like a, rings of smoke through the trees. So he's. It's like he's building. It's like he's imagining this mystical world. Um, so my, my so so it, I hate to interrupt, but it go ahead, goes sort of master. goes. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Hold your thought. Hold your thought. All right. This this song reads as a dream sequence. Yes. You know how in your dreams, like you're walking into a room, and then all of a sudden you're holding like a cigar or something, you know, or yeah, like a, a lamp or lamp. Yeah. You know things change. Like you know you you go out of like. This this scene in your dream, then you're in a woods, you know, then then you're on the stairway, whatever. It's it kind of really feels that way, like this is sort of dreamy and dreamish, mm -hmm. and that it doesn't totally connect, but you feel like it probably does connect. 
How do you connect that verse, the the songbird, with the stairway and the and the look to the west? Do you well, have I think any that, idea? I think that sometimes all of our thoughts are misgiven as a transition. Um, I, I think the tree by the brook is a songbird who sings just sort of. He mentions music in this in this song like three times. I think he's trying to connect music lovers somehow. Uh huh. And this is something that I read that I never would have thought of myself. I'm not oh. taking credit for it, <laughs> but it connected. But it worked. Yeah. Um, and sometimes all of our thoughts are misgiven. He's saying that you know she thought she had the best life ever, right? And then she gets to the end and she's like, oh crap, you know. And so sure. So then he goes. Then he switches to himself and like. My spirit is crying for leaving, uh, you know, look to the West. And it's like, I talked to, to my fiance, Cynthia. Yeah. She said there is some biblical reference here. Yep. And she said the thing. sun setting in the West is a biblical reference to the end of days, the end of all times. Ooh, whoa, whoa. And going back to J.R.O. Tolkien, there's a lady who's sure all the glitters is gold. That's also a Tolkien reference, a uh, reference to the elf princess, or the, I'm sorry, the elf queen who... who Everything around her is gold, and so that's. I think you know that's. He's he borrowed a lot of imagery from Tolkien, sure. But also the Bible, which makes this a more spiritual song. In, in that way, it gives it way. a lot of gravity. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's it's it, it becomes a very heavy, at least a heavy sounding song. Yeah, I mean, like you know, he reports that he doesn't know what it means. <laughs> he says he says I spend a lot of time, some you know, occasionally trying to figure it out. He goes, I know every other MFer does. <laughs> so, you know, which here we are doing the same thing, right. you know. He's, if he listens to this, he'll be laughing at us. Wait, well, of course he is, but we're just like, I never thought this. of that before. We're just, yeah. Some, some dude on some website wrote this, and these guys parroted it. <laughs> we're just, we're, we're uh, adding to the stack of analyzation of this song, which which proves how how effective it is yeah. right you know so yeah well, i'm happy to read it. it you know it's like here it is so <laughs> yeah. the next the next verse when we i talked about music it's whispered that soon if we all call the tune then the piper will lead us to reason interesting yeah so that i think is a call to harmony unity mm, you know, yeah. through music and reason mm-hmm. is a nice word right yeah. that's that's getting us back to sensibility a yeah. better a better sense and, of, and yeah. not following some false idol like wealth and status shallow uh, pursuits exactly so then you know it goes into a new day will dawn for those who stand long and the forest will echo with laughter so everyone suddenly is happy i think if you stand for those who stand long maybe that means if you if you really apply yourself and don't get distracted by these things and you sort of hold out yeah i think stand long reminds me of somebody that's not participating maybe in this kind of uh, materialistic this really feels like a maybe an indictment on materialism but you know I'm still not sure <laughs> well again I'm just like no no I, listening to it reading it and reading a couple of you know of people saying here's what I think it means well it's, it's made me evaluate it in my own way that's and, just what I'm kind of trying to and bring. with your in- English major background you might yeah, you so might I've, could get something yeah I have, I have yeah I've broken down a lot of a lot of poetry and, and <laughs> fiction in my day um then it comes to the it starts to speed up if there's a bustle in your hedgerow don't be alarmed now I looked up so that sounds like a Monty Python sketch. Phrase. People fixate on this. Bustle in your hedgerow, and you don't even know it. You know, it's like that's what it sounds like. It sounds like it's nonsensical, dumb. <laughs> but a bustle in your hedgerow 
is sort. I think it's sort of a slang thing for like having a, a sexual attraction. Oh yeah. To someone, yeah. I thought it was like a bee in your bonnet. Hedgerow is related, to, like, is a oh, reference well, of sure. pubic hairs. Well, maybe, maybe. This is what I read. This was no literally. This was like a British slang thing. I just had the thought when I checked the box that this this podcast is not made for children on YouTube. You know, or oh, this, yeah. This, yeah, I I'm, oh, I'm yeah. definitely can always, do that with authority. But <laughs> here's but here's my. A, let me give you my two okay. cents. On the bustle in your hedgerow, <laughs> which I can make no yeah, sense right. out of. You've got a bustle in your hedgerow. <laughs> a bustle in your hedgerow. But anyway, uh, I talked to my daughter today, uh, Olivia, and we, we talked about, about I told her, I just thought they were words that sing beautifully yeah. and, and are pleasing to the mind and sound, you know, maybe maybe somewhat ryth- rhythmic. And she said there's a thing called phona aesthetics. And it's the beauty and pleasantness of sounds of certain words. Yeah. And um, it's often referred to like Poe's choice of the, the word nevermore yeah. in The Raven. Uh, cellar door is often cited as a use of this. There's a euphony, which is the effect of sounds uh, being perceived as pleasant and rhythmical. So uh, yeah. cellar door is seen as a euphony. But I feel like this song has a lot of that. Yeah, right? I always use the word singable, but that's perfect. Yeah. Well, singable. Well, this is yeah, kind of like a yeah. little more kind of weird. I didn't know those phrases. That's, that's yeah. No, I, I didn't know at all. It's new stuff. But I feel like there's a ton of that in here where it just absolutely. sounds beautiful. And, yeah, and she she thought of Plant's voice as an instrument as much as uh, the protagonist or the narrator of this song and yeah, i thought yeah. that's pro- there's probably something to that yeah, yeah go ahead yeah so we're at the spring clean <laughs> but you're right it's a spring clean for the may queen so the the may queen is the the young beautiful girl who is the lead in a in a may day you know, oh so you spring spring is here we've got this beautiful girl who's in the parade right and so if there's a bustle in your hedgerow it's just a spring clean for the may queen what if that means you're being distracted by something beautiful that doesn't have any meaning because she's just going to go on by. That's Whoa. what I took from that. Just a is a dismissive kind of right. Yes, just, just right. Okay, all right. That's a word that John Lennon hated. Wow, this is getting here. very deep. But yeah. think about it. If, if the May Queen goes by in the parade and you lust for her and you long for her, yeah, then she's gone and you'll never have her. Right, it's like some sort of salvation from beauty and money. Insane. This, this, oh. that, that's for me. I didn't wow. read that anywhere. That Man, I, th- this is like, I'm really feeling this. This is good. So um, so I, I always heard that as sprinkling. Always oh, yeah. heard it as sprinkling. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still not convinced. Robert Plant can tell me. The sleeve of this album can tell me. I don't know if I believe it. But go ahead. Yeah. But uh, so Two paths. Two yeah. paths you can go by. And there's still time to change the road you're on. And there is when the song turns. If you're still lusting after these things, okay, you know they're okay now. And now we're back to like a a Tolkien reference, you know, in the Hobbit. Okay, got, there's a there's the dark path and the light path. Which one's going to be easier? Robert they, Frost, the they, Bible, they, everything. Yeah, right, take, okay, exactly. Yeah. It's 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 all there. Yeah, you know, you can. There's still time to change the road you're on. You're not dead yet. Agreed. I mean, and that's a true statement, right? I well, mean, you're not you're lost not, yet. You're no, not, maybe you're not lost yet. Right. You're, you're still in life. You're not, you know. An interesting thing, when Robert Plant performed this live, he's saying there's still time to change the road you're on. And he'll say, he would say, at least I hope so. 
So he, you know, it's sort of indicating, yeah. like, obviously, I'm on a bad road. <laughs> You know, yeah, like well, he felt like it was maybe I could redeem. Well, sure. I mean, and the most impactful yeah. lines, and it makes me wonder. Oh, whoa! No, I'm kidding. Oh no, yeah, Those yeah, are yeah, yeah. That's the yeah, yeah, yeah part, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your head is humming and it won't go. So, what do you get out of this stuff here? This that's, is getting pretty. That's s- different. That's interesting. I mean, I don't know what to make of that. It's to me, maybe it's just you're now you're not quite sure what to do, right? You know, so your head is humming, but it, it, it's like more of a frantic thing, like as the song, uh, right? And this, wants this is to when it speeds up, yeah. But anyway, I feel like this your head is humming, the piper's calling you to join him. I think like this is a, an increase in the energy of the rhetoric of the song mm-hmm. or or the, the the impetus, you know, everything else is you know, you got. You got songbirds, you got May Queens. Everything's a little placid and pleasant, yeah. even though there's some indictment of those things, right? But now you're getting to a point where it's getting urgent. Yeah. As the music's getting urgent. Go ahead. Probably John no, Bottom's I mean, kicking and in. And yeah. So, but you're right. You're absolutely right. I think um, the popper's calling you to join him. And then it goes back to the lady. And now he's addressing her directly. Sure. So where it's not, it's no longer. He's narrating her, then narrating himself. Now he's addressing her. Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? So you you know the phrase, you know which way the wind's blowing. You know what's going on. Right. Yep. It's you sort know, of a Bob Dylan can be pulled into this. Yeah. You know, the, the it's blowing in the wind, right? Yep. You know, so you yep. realizing the whispering wind, which means, again, it's not decided. You thought you built this stairway, but guess what? It's not decided yet. This is a masterpiece, man. I'm telling you. I don't know what it means, but like, and yet I feel somehow, like it's beyond. It yeah. still sounds like Spinal Tap lyrics, <laughs> which probably tells us all we need to know. I think Zepp is probably the number one uh, like inspiration <laughs> for, yeah, oh, certainly. Yeah. Touchpoint, yeah. But man, it's just so, all sounds so cool, I mean, to me. and It, it just made for such a great song. Um but yeah, this you know your stairway lies on the whispering wind. Now, now tell me this as an English major. I don't know if there's <laughs> any word for this, but the way this starts out, she's doing this third person stuff, right? She's doing things. Yeah. Then there's a songbird. He's describing things. Now he's then then he starts to look to the west himself, and yeah. now he's and imploring. Huh? Okay. It's back. To, it's back to to. So what do we call this when we? When we change our our sort of tenses or whatever you want to call this, like you're, um, you go out of third person into first person into. I've been out of college for thirty years. I've no <laughs> I, I don't even know if there's a word for it. But do you feel, I'm sure there is. Do you but, feel like it's unsophisticated or sophisticated? Well, I've always had a problem with randomly changing tenses in a right. pop song. Right. This obviously is purposeful. Purposeful, okay. Difference, okay. Now, so how does this work? As when you're talking third person, you're saying she's doing this, she's doing that, and then you start to say, "I'm dreaming this or thinking that," right? And now you're into, um, dear lady, you know, you're imploring her somehow. So, do these all ramp up the energy and the uh, importance of these statements? Okay, go ahead. I think purposely changed to go with the music. Are we going to show this album, by the way? Uh, sure. Yeah, we've got a, a pristine copy here, a yeah. fairly good, nice copy of Led Zeppelin Four. Which read the spine? What do you see there? 
I can't read it. Come okay, on. the spine always has the information what band, oh, what yeah, album, nothing. There, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. nothing on the back, nothing on the front. I mean, that's a bold statement. Yeah. We can sell our album even, without even Even the White says, Album had the Beatles on it. Okay, inside, you got the Druid uh, sort of imagery here. Yeah. I'll show this to the camera. Uh, nothing. So no reference to Led Zeppelin anything. So yeah. I felt like they really played the public in a good way as to, you know, just trust people that they knew what they were looking for. Yeah. And then the, there's the lyric. The full lyrics to Stairway looking, to Heaven. Looking very J.R.R. token. Uh, you know, very, very. Very Middle Earth. And then they chose a symbol for each member of the band, which is up here at the top, each, each of the four members. Um, the track listing... Stairway as song number four on side one. So it really rounds out side number one. Uh, what do we got here? Atlantic Records. But I mean... That's beautiful copy. What I reflected on, it is a nice copy. But what I talked to my daughter about today is that there's very few things that you can own sort of the original article, you know? Like we can't own a gray Beatles suit. Right. We can't own, you know, like uh, uh, the Mona Lisa but in a way, this is as close as you can yeah. get to having in your hands some important piece of... Yeah. I've got uh, an original Sgt. Pepper's... You know, cultural history. With all the cutouts still intact. See? That's, that's rare, man. It's something you can put your hands yeah. on. I mean, in this day of downloads, I just feel like there's something about this. And obviously, the youths of today get this because they're buying albums and everything. So, All right. Continuing let's, on with the narrative. Yeah. Plow into this last verse here. Plow. It's full on rock and roll. And Plant <laughs> is, is in his falsetto. Are we increasing the energy of the podcast as we go? We uh, need to. Uh, we need to. We Come on. <laughs> so as we wind on down the road, our shadow's taller than our soul. I That's love that Interesting line. phrase. Why didn't he say souls? Because it... <laughs> Probably sounded better against road. I don't know. <laughs> okay, good. See, yeah. that's, as an English major, that sort of annoys me. It's not a. Uh, uh, it's what? not correct. It's, it's not a hard rhyme, right? right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but but I think our shadows taller than our soul, which sound, again sounds like a, a Spinal Tap lyric, nonsensical. Here's, it also feels like end of day type thing. Okay, yes, go ahead. Yeah. Here's what I think it means. All right, good. I think it means that we've now we've got more behind us than we have it ahead of us. We're old. Ooh. That's what I think it means. Ooh. You know, my my buddy Greg, who is a buddy of yours too. Sure. He t- said to me a wonderful few weeks man. ago. Yeah. He said, I don't know how wonderful he is. Ah! He said, we got a lot more years behind us than we got ahead of us. <laughs> oh, my God. his folksy wisdom, he said that. I was like, oh. I think that's what this is. Does Our, he say we're rounding third? <laughs> we yeah. are rounding third. And, <laughs> to go and, back and, to the sports yeah, metaphor. we're being waved in. Oh, whoa, damn. All right, he says. Oh no! So what do you got with this? It's so late they, in well, the game. There walks a lady we all know, so she's coming to her end too, who shines white light and wants to show how everything still turns to gold. She's starting to get it. That's Is she? I think. I think that this is a happy ending. What do you think about that? Everything still turns to gold. What I mean, like, is she getting what she wants? I think she's. I think she's. I want to believe that she's getting the different kind of gold, which is. What Vic Ketchman said, memories make us rich. And, and what's more important understanding to your soul. Now, now, is it too late? If you listen very hard, the tune will come to you at last. There's the last reference to music. Right. We can all sing in harmony, in other words. We can all <laughs> sing the same song. <laughs> yes. 
When we're all one and one is all, yeah, sounds like a, a throwaway John Lennon lyric. <laughs> uh, but to be a rock and not to roll. Oh, what yeah. What do you think that means? Man, that one's really got me. The article that, that I read, yeah, I want to hear what you think it means. Okay. I never would have ever gotten it. Okay, before you go to that, you want to hear what my yeah, take up? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. This, I'm challenging you now. We're getting into where the energy on this track ramps up to like extreme. I mean, these go to 11, right? We're at 11 yeah. here. Um, I could not get these lyrics over time. I could have probably written down the whole song for you on a blank sheet of paper yeah. until we get to this. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, this last little four lines here. The tune will come to you at last. Never heard in my life when all are one and one is all. Like a, uh, to be a rock and not to roll. I guess a rock that doesn't roll is confident in its own um, kind of place in life and doesn't and is not budged. Because it is You assured. nailed it. That's exactly what the really? writer said. Yeah. No, no yeah. way. Once I read that, I was like, son of a gun. That's I think that's what he was trying to say. Be, to be he a rocker. But he also, like, it's rock and roll. But it's also a reference to rock and roll, which is the, another music reference. Sort of a play on words and a beautiful, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, t- to me, Robert Plant dismisses these lyrics nowadays because he's an older man, you know, probably yeah. uh, in his 70s. And he says, my the 23-year-old me was just kind of like um, pompous and overbearing, well, whatever. But and, he wrote a masterpiece. But it, I get what he's saying. And this is, this is, this was deep to 23-year-old Robert Plant. Okay. It's, it's, not, it's not that deep. You know, I guess is, he feels like he could put it more together now. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I mean, it's, I mean, it's you know, it's 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 easy to say. Well, if you just worship money, then you're you you very well could be disappointed. You're not going to be a well-rounded person. That's it. He took eight minutes to say it. <laughs> yes, yeah. a song. I'm not. I'm not even being critical. Oh uh, no, you I know, understand. I'm, it's really well written. It's really you know, and even though that like. Again, I, it, it, a lot of it sounds like Spinal Tap lyrics to me and Monty Python and, you know. Well, it's very, very, very British. But it really, yeah. But it's it really sort works. of like the Welsh language, you know, is what I kind of understand start, it to be. I'm going to start using the phrase, there's a bustle in your hedgerow. <laughs> You've got a bustle in your hedgerow. <laughs> but, I mean, right. when you listen to it today, and I know this is really not your cup of tea. You're really more of a the three-minute single man, you know. Uh the grandeur of this song, I feel like, can't be wasted on on too many people. What, what? How did you feel about it? Did did it did it inspire you in some way? Did it make you feel any way? I, I don't mean, like it more now. Right. I never really listened to it that closely, you know, because it really wasn't my my thing. So, do you feel like you sort of uh, dismissed it offhand, or? I don't. I didn't dismiss it. I just didn't. I didn't understand it because I didn't take time to understand it. You know, yeah. I would never have done this deep dive without this podcast. <laughs> well, it's maybe, part of what I love about this podcast. It's justified the whole the whole doing of this, right? Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now I'm going to listen to it next time I hear it and be like, oh, I think I know what he's saying there. Finally, you know, after. 40 years of listening to the song or whatever, 50 years. It is very interesting to listen to these songs after we've covered them. came out. 
Isn't that something? We were five. So we were born in maybe the the zenith of the rock era in a way. I mean, maybe some could say it was starting to slip a little after well, the late 60s. We were, but we were born in a, in a major era of evolution because, you know, if you say rock really sort of began in the mid-50s, yeah, predates us, but it really hit its stride in the mid-60s with the Beatles and the Kinks and, you know, all that. And it went on to Peter Frampton, Zeppelin, you know, selling jillions of albums. Yeah. And in concert tours. And, you know, that was the, the heyday for us was concert tours. Going to see a concert was like the biggest thing. It know? was huge. And they were they were just, it's funny that they were just, they were just promoting albums. And now they're, they put out recorded music just to have something to promote their concert tours. I know it's odd. And sell t-shirts. So, and sell t-shirts, yeah. It's <laughs> but just... It, <laughs> so different. In a way, we were born uh, just after rock and roll was born, maybe 10 years later. And we've got to preside over the whole life uh, curve of rock and roll. And I feel like we're now presiding in a, or we're well, not presiding, but we're now, uh, you know, participating in a time where rock is kind of like being pushed out of the limelight. And this is a whole episode we should just do. Just, I know. think we should. Just change our format for one week and say, you know, is rock dead? Let's just debate that. Let's make a note. But I mean, it makes me sad to say it, but I think when when we were young and when we were teenagers, when we were in our twenties, I felt like it would never. No, it would exactly. never. No. It, it was, was too important. It dominated so hard that it could never go away. It was right? Too important. And it yeah. still is that important to us. To us. But it, it is kind of sad that maybe it's not as important to nope, younger generations. It's all about TikTok now. And, well, and they've got their thing. You know, they've got their just, thing. You know. So I don't want to close out the podcast without like um, Do it. addressing the, uh, what are they, 800-pound, the 300-pound gorilla in the room, you know, mm-hmm. the pink elephant. Um, when I was in youth group at church, <laughs> a man came to uh, uh one of our youth rallies, they called them. And, and the uh, presentation was called the God of rock. And what he came in to talk about is how uh, rock and roll albums had satanic lyrics and references and were a bad influence, you know, like how you should stay away from this stuff. It was dangerous, which made it really more interesting to me. Sure. I'm not interested in, in Satan per se. Right. <laughs> That's an interesting sentence. I like that. But I felt like I felt like uh, it made rock more interesting. There well, were more if levels. It, if you're trying to steer me away from it, I want to know, find out why. I was like, if 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 Zeppelin took the time to record something forwards that played backwards, would say probably scary thing. Yeah, it, it, it got very interesting to me. So, what do you make of the backward masking? Uh, that's always been urban legend to us that that when you play this backwards it says here's to my sweet satan you know and all that stuff and uh uh he will give those with him 666 it's and when they play it back and they prompt you what it says you can darn hear it it. so what do you make of all of that stuff i never gave any credence to that and i and i'm you know and i read that robert plant said it's rubbish there's a TED talk that that like shows he plays it first and forward, and you know it makes you want to hear the rest of the song because it's wonderful, right? And then he plays it backwards and says, "What do you hear?" And you do hear Satan twice, <laughs> you know. And then he um, 
he plays it backwards again with prompting of what it says, you know, what, what it has been presumed to say. And boy, you could darn hear it then, but there's a lot of gibberish in between the, you know, right. kind of more pronounced it's things. It's like the whole the queen thing. It's fun to smoke marijuana. It added yeah. to the mystique, didn't it, it did. really? And, and it, it probably sold more albums. And that's, yeah, and that's marketing, I think. <laughs> and it really, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to, to know that there's some record company marketing nerd behind that. What I told my daughter today is if they didn't intend for it to say anything backwards, and it does, they what a fortunate thing for them that it had, you know, some other yeah. way for it to be even deeper and more mysterious yeah. other than no, no, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin on the cover, no song track or track listing. Yeah. All right. One more thing we got to talk about. All right. Um, in 2014, the estate of Randy, California, <laughs> from the band Spirit, sued Led Zeppelin for copyright infringement for um, infringing on their song Taurus and yeah. stealing the intro. Have you paid any attention to that? Or I didn't read about it. Okay. Well, the I, be- I saw I saw it, but I didn't I didn't dive into it. The beginning of that song has a descending riff, which sounds strangely like. This song, uh, they had opened for Zep on some tour, and I've read about this in the past. Yeah. So there was an opportunity. So it it was a long court battle, which every everybody in the music business is now trying to claim any monies they can get from anything. Right? Everybody's suing yeah. everybody. But anyway, uh, it it was heard in 2016. The jury ruled in Zeppelin's favor, and in March 2020, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld the ruling. So that's been put to rest. But uh. It's it's a fun thing to check out. Maybe we could put a link in yeah. there about a comparison yeah. between the two. But uh, I love the name Randy California. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. what I got out of that. So. It's like, well, I'm sure that's where uh, on the office Robert California came from. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, maybe so. But, so um, that that breakdown of the lyric that I mentioned, I'm going to yeah. put a link in the uh, good show notes. Good. I'm also going to put a link to the Dread Zeppelin reggae drenched cover of the song i love it if you've not heard of dread zeppelin they are a reggae band that does uh, led zeppelin covers and the lead singer is an elvis impersonator you kind of got to see it it's to believe one it, of the yeah. most i've seen them live multiple times it really is one of the most unique weird things you'll ever experience it's so a, it's bizarre isn't I'll, it i'm going to put a link to that and if i don't know if, how much they tour anymore but if they ever come to your town you've got to go i think yeah if you're not aware of that you got to check it out it's crazy yeah. so to punctuate this episode i've got one more thing this is uh from john paul jones the bass player and and he's went on to produce butthole surfers you know he's yeah. he's really quite a guy in the music business but anyway uh i've always thought about and i think about this quite often whenever i think about if i had a time machine at my disposal everybody thinks they would want to go back and kill baby the delorean <laughs> right the delorean so if you had that i, I always go back think, and not marry that second wife oh my god yeah but anyway i always think about things like what would i go back to see in rock yeah. and roll history would i go to woodstock when I go to the Monterey Pop Festival and see Cavern Club, see Jimi Hendrix burn Cavern his Club. or Star Club or the Cavern Club, yes, exactly, Hamburg, yeah, you know. But anyway, um, uh, you might think you want to go back and hear Stairway to Heaven performed for the first time for a public audience, right? Yeah. So they've got this song. Uh, 
John Paul Jones says the first fans to hear Stairway to Heaven weren't that impressed. <laughs> Zeppelin, de- yeah. Zeppelin debuted the song on March 5th, 1971 during a concert in Belfast, Northern Ireland. The crowd of assembled fans didn't immediately begin weeping <laughs> over the majesty of Plant's lyrics and Paige's fretwork. They were all bored to tears yeah. and waiting to hear something they knew. Uh, John Paul Jones recalled. <laughs> I was like, oh my it God. It was a yawn fest. Yeah, I read that. I've read that same passage. Yeah. These are the people that, that got to hear it first. You can't be surprised. No, I'm not surprised totally. It's just such an irony now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, to say you were there the first time yeah. would be a bad thing. You probably honor. don't remember. Yeah. yeah, they played some long song. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> so, where are you with this song now? Where, where do you think it's what? What is its place in rock and roll history? Well, we we talked about it. I mean, I think that it, it was a product of its time. Yeah, and it was at a formative time for rock and roll. It was a you know in a transitional phase, and you know, like we said, you know, from Beatles to Hendrix to to this, you know, and I think I think it's a product of its time, but that's why it's important. So, if somebody came here from another planet and said, you know, okay, you love this rock and roll thing. Well, I would want to play Why him. is it important? Would I you would play him this? I would want to play him Chuck Berry first, then Buddy Holly, then the Beatles. Fair. Then, you know, and then move on and, and so, so they could understand the context. Would this be considered as a thing to play them? Oh, absolutely. But I would want to do it in context. Uh, I think that's good. I think that's fair. But I mean, I, I'm. I'd be like aliens. So sit down. I've got two hours of music. I've got to bounce off you. you know. <laughs> sure. And if but they like, didn't stick a probe up my, you know, my behind, then I, I would do it. <laughs> I guess that's always a risk. But always. to to me, this is a fine, maybe the finest example of of where rock and roll was taken to. Mm-hmm. After sort of the 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 fun era of the uh, like say fifty four to sixty four era, yep. like this was maybe a product of Sergeant Pepper's leads to Jimi Hendrix leads yep. to you know, but what a fine fine piece of work, and I I'm so glad it exists, and I'm glad you took some time to listen to the rock and roll rabbit hole. We went a little long today, which we anticipated. We'll edit it down a little bit. Yeah, we'll probably take we'll take two to six minutes out of this. There we program. go. There you go. Two to six minutes, always a good thing. Yeah, we appreciate the investment, though. All right, folks, we'll see you in season three. We're going to take a take a couple months off, and then we'll retool, and we'll be back with some more fun, some some really good stuff. We hope you'll rejoin us. Cheers to you. Please subscribe. Cheers, everyone, and good night. You've got a bustle in your intro. <laughs>